Have you been here before? You know what? I, I have. I didn't know that I had until, until I you, turned into yep, the parking lot. Yep. I was like, oh, yes. Yep. As we sit here telling stories till it's quarter after three. Details are so gory, but that's how they're You know, I'm not going to say that all diners are the same, because that couldn't be farther from the truth, but when you've been to as many as I've been to over the past few years, you could forgive me if I forgot I had been to one of them until I pulled into the parking lot. So anyway, my name is John Kim Fay. Welcome to Talking at the Diner, the show where musicians and other creatives tell me their stories over eggs and toast and all kinds of yumminess. Um, Well, first of all, let me apologize to my friends over at Manila's Diner in Wayne, Pennsylvania. I'm sorry it took my late lunch with today's guest on Talking at the Diner, Nicole Zell, to remind me that I have enjoyed your wonderful uh, (laughs) ambiance. Uh, Manila's was actually the perfect place to meet up with Nicole because it was right down the street from the show she played that night. And it's just great to see Nikki out playing on a regular basis and particularly exciting because she's releasing a brand new record. It's called Sleep to My Own Magic. And even though she's been playing music seriously since she was in her teens and has toured as the guitarist in American Wolves and Thrill Chaser... Asleep to My Own Magic is her first official solo release, and it's the work of a musician who clearly felt like she needed to make an artistic statement, an assessment of her life up to this point. Here's a little taste. excited for this record. Um, I recently heard Nicole play uh, a solo set down in Delaware. It was a few months back. And she was the first of a three-act bill, the opening act. And you could literally have heard a pin drop as she sang to a packed house because she just has that kind of command over an audience. And it's really exciting that she is putting out this record. So during our conversation over, uh, I think we got breakfast in the middle of the afternoon, we got into some pretty deep topics, and I truly got a glimpse of what makes Nicole Zell tick as an artist and as a human. So let's get right to it. I am your host, John Kim Fay, and you're listening to Talking at the Diner. Everything is on the table when you're talking at Thank you. Thank you. So you already got a table. Yep. Excellent. But if you want to change it, that's up to you. Oh, no. It's great. This is where they put us, so you you choose which side. Well, your stuff is okay. on that side, so this will be good. Awesome. So oh, where's your show today? It's right down the street. Autograph. Autograph? It's like in the... 
uh, in the same shopping area that I was just at, actually. Um, yeah, it's it's literally like a half mile. It, autograph, it, they're owned by the same people that have like white dog cafe and stuff. Oh, nice. So it's I like to tell people it's like a, it's like a fancy hard rock cafe. That's what <laughs> autograph is like. Cool. It's really cool. I, nice. I had like a Thursday night residency there. Yeah, so it's it's nice because like it's kind of like a family there, and you know you get to know everyone. How long but, have you been doing the residency? Um, since August, but I've been playing there since last year. So nice. Yeah. That's so. very cool. So you're keeping pretty busy with live stuff. Then. Yeah, it's all come back. Good. Thank God. Yeah. Do you know what you want? Did you? I do. You go first. Okay. And then I do now. So um, go Could I get uh, two eggs, sunny side up, mm-hmm. with home fries and toast, please? White toast. And um, I'll take a side of bacon. And for you? Can I just get the French toast with two eggs and sausage? Can I have them over easy? Mm-hmm. Thank you. We'll get that right out. Thank you. Thank you. I'm an over heart, but it's too late. It's fine. I hate runny eggs, but it's fine. Oh. I, I can't do it. If I could man. just eat raw eggs on a plate, I would. And I didn't really? used to be that way. I used to be like scrambled exclusively and like well done. And then, I don't know, switch flipped. Like, wow. I became more. Uh, I don't know if it's adventurous. Adventurous is probably not the word, but you know, I just like dipping toast in it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got French toast. So there you go. Okay. So you don't. Yeah. I you don't never eat. get French toast ever, but I had a dream about it like the other night. So I was like, I want French well, toast. Well, that was that was an omen then. <laughs> like it's time for some French toast. I'm always just interested in talking to people about how they're living their musical life. And, you know, you have a great story that I already kind of know a little bit about, but, you know, it's so exciting. You have a record in the can coming out. Is there, like, a release date? I'm hoping that, like, the first song, which will just be, like, with the with a music video, will come out on my birthday, November 1st. As we know, Scorpio. Scorpio yes. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so funny, because... Uh, I have a collab single coming out with Shug. Shug, I know. Another Scorpio. Also in November <laughs> to oh, capitalize awesome. on said Scorpio it. energy. I just like, don't know what to expect. When I saw you guys working uh, on that, I'll I was like, I'll play it oh for you God. in the car after if you want. Are you serious? Yes, yeah. I do. I, do I just got it. the master back oh my God. the other day. I'm so excited. And I'm really excited about it, too, because it's, it's really different for me. Is it different and for her? Or no? I think it's different okay. for both of okay. us because yeah, yeah. there's like a there's like a there's Crossover. like a little bit of both of what we do in it, but it's kind of like a, a whole new melange. <laughs> if so I could cool. use the word melange in a sentence, um, it's more it's the most kind of folky sounding thing I've ever done. Ooh. But okay. it's also. You know, like the bridge is kind of beatly, but she sings the bridge, so it's it's. I I just like the combination that's happening with it. Oh, I would be and, honored um, to hear it. Oh, I'd love to play it for you. You'd be the you'd be the first uh, non-participant to You're hear it. You're the first non-participant to hear the record. Thank you. That's an honor. <laughs> so Sarah, that's so awesome. It. <laughs> Let's talk about that record because it's like. I mean, I've played it. Like three times all the way through. Oh my god! You how? You had that much time? No, it's only like twenty three well, minutes. Well, <laughs> I I play it while I'm walking places. I feel like such a weirdo, but 
I took the train into Philly to meet up with my friend Andrea for right. dinner. Right. And then I was like, oh, I really want to go to Dobbs tonight because it was open mic night, but yeah. I didn't want to play. Right, right, right. So <laughs> we finished our dinner at like 7, 10, and like, if you want to play at Dobbs, you got to be there by 8, but I didn't right. want to play, so I was right. like, I don't really want to just dick around the city for like an hour and a half before music starts. So I like took the train home and then I drove to Dobbs. Oh my God. But while walking back and forth between the train, I listened to the record. Okay, right. And um, It gave you kind of something to do. Oh, yeah, which was perfect. But even, what is it, like, is it seven or eight it's songs? It's seven songs. Seven songs. Yeah. It's not quite an EP, not quite an album. I'm calling it an EP. I don't, it's I'm, in I'm between, calling it an album. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's in well, the thing about it is that even at a seven-song length, it's like a little song cycle, mm-hmm. you know? And it's so clear that you're talking about some major transformative mm stuff going on in your life so that's good and that's that all, got across well <laughs> i've always been interested in that part of you as an artist because i think early on well not super early on like i mean we've known each other for what so long we figured out this like, past year 12 years yeah, or something like crazy over a decade yeah <laughs> oh my god that happened because still you remember city open where mic? we met is that what you said it was still city open, open mic you were city. hosting it right i wasn't hosting i was no. just there oh god Brittany okay. and i were playing Yes, that's right. And that's where we met you. Are, uh, weren't you the featured, featured artist or something? It's like possible. That, right? Okay. Well, I, I would probably bet money that we were because... <laughs> that's what I think was going there's on. There's no way I could ever get to that place on time to sign up for real. Right. So I had to right. be the feature right. in yeah, order I'm to be there sure, at all. Like... Yeah, that's um, why I remember you were. It was you were doing something official there. Right, it was some kind of <laughs> official you were capacity just at the open other mic. Yeah, right. yeah. So yeah, that was like 2010, probably, right? God, I guess. I'm, I guess. Yeah. Well, was... the thing that freaked me out is like your second track. You know, you're you're basically giving away how old you are currently. Right. I'm like, right. she's only 27. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> That's and that's funny because I feel like, well, I've had to rewrite this narrative in my head, but I felt like that was so old. Mm-hmm. I don't think that at all okay. now, at all. <laughs> but that's part of that song, you know, yeah. In case you couldn't tell by the right. lyrics. Um, and so, like everything that you've been through in these, you know, decade plus years that I've known you has been pretty significant in terms of like just your personal revelations about stuff. And like you said in the song, it's like, it took you some buildup inside to even be able to sing about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it took a long, it took years, I think. And I mean, even though I wrote all of these songs starting early 2021 is Mm -hmm. when I started writing this group of songs, it covers like my whole adult life so far, I would say. Yeah. So there was a lot to unpack, you know. And <laughs> Where do you start? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> well, I don't know. There was a lot to unpack in, in a musical sense with my career, mm-hmm. um, which is, like, so meta because, like, I'm singing about the music. Like, it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? But we all do it. <laughs> I know. <It's> but, <laughs> and then, like, family life and growing up and childhood trauma and inner child healing and mm-hmm. religious deprogramming and questioning my faith and going through that well, journey. let's get into that because... Just the relationships and those patterns and yeah. all the things. <laughs> well, I've known about your 
I was perspectives. Real, <laughs> real in it when you first yeah. met me. Yeah. Right. Well, but you started talking about it in you know like social media contexts and stuff like a couple of years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, kind of, I would say. The, yeah. Um, Slowly coming out of the, the Christian the Christian <laughs> stuff. I'm fascinated by that because if my father had lived, mm. I probably would have been like w- way more uh, like indoctrinated wow. with like hardcore Catholicism wow. uh, than I ended up being because like when he passed away, the church just stopped. Right. But even then, just by going through that experience, I started questioning, you know, how could God let that happen and yeah. stuff like that. And so... What are some of the things that kind of like made you ask those questions? Sure, and I'm gonna answer that question, but I kind of think I remember you talking about that when we did the soundstage interview, the radio show, yes. like years and years yep. ago. I think I remember you talking about that. Um, mm-hmm. Back then, I was probably, I was definitely still probably in it or subscribing to that those beliefs at that point. So uh-huh. <laughs> I wonder how that hit me back then. Yeah, you know? I'm wondering. I don't remember. Um, yeah, you know, it started in my late teens, early 20s, and it was around the time that I, like, actually really kind of, like, seriously started pursuing music. I had been as a teenager and stuff, but, like... I was out of high school and mm-hmm. homeschool, high school. <laughs> out of homeschool. Yeah. yeah. So well, I didn't know that. But I didn't realize you were homeschool. Well, so I was to start at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. In a, in a, so you have a little background. Yeah, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, homeschooled, only child, uh, very conservative, very evangelical mm. background. Wow. Um, but but um, an escape to the secular world, if you will, mm-hmm. quote unquote, was always music. Actually, because my right. my dad's family were always musicians, and um, and I didn't even really view it like in those terms. It just that that was always like the most worldly thing. I guess so you they could say, listened was, to secular oh, music. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. This is a lot of toast. Um, so, yeah, and, I mean, my, you know, my dad back in the day, like, he was a rock and roller. He lived during, you know, he grew up in bands with his sisters during, like, the classic rock era. And they were all, really? like, you know, living their <laughs> derelict lives. So, like, did, so <laughs> did he have a big, uh, you know, kind of, like, epiphany towards the religious he world? Is, um, he has always been very spiritual and very much into, thank you. Thank you. The metaphysical and uh, ironically and like uh, the spiritual side of things and crystals and um, he he always he was huge in geology so he was one of the few people that always was like hey look at science look uh-huh. at evolution right look at rocks we can tell that like where that like everyone that I grew up with was a new earth creationist so right. he was like out there yeah <laughs> like I'm he's just founding his wacky yeah, right, theories yeah. again yeah. Um, and and my mom um, my mom was always more more so she was brought up that way and she was more strict with it she was more I would say into it then but they both still are believers still consider themselves believers um, and we've had many talks about it I mean I've 
I got to the point where I was comfortable enough, you know, opening up with them. And, and I think we're at a fairly good place with it, considering some people end up becoming like estranged with their families over right. that kind of stuff. Um, Does your extended family feel? Uh, some are, some are, and some are believers, some are not. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just it it is what it is. Like I don't really try to let that get in the way I mm-hmm. guess you know I'm very opinionated about my beliefs and so I'm sure that's troublesome sometimes yeah I'm sure <laughs> it is troublesome because I was such a good little Christian girl for so long <laughs> no but the difference the difference is like I like not the difference but the thing is I truly with all of my heart believed it like I was a Jesus freak like I it wasn't just because I was indoctrinated and because like that's what you know I was born into like I then found it on my own later on like as a as a teenager after my parents stopped going to church and like I like got even more immersed in it Huh? on my own mm-hmm. so like it, it yeah that's and that's an argument that people have and will make about like oh well you know if you walked away then that means you weren't really safe it was like no no I, I was in it of my own choice yeah and also took myself out of it of my own choice so what changed I started to, I, I became unsheltered and I started hanging around the music scene and people who weren't raised the way I was. And I got out of mm-hmm. Bumble in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> no, really. And, yeah. and was like, oh, um, wait, there are other people who are uh, to, to believe differently or, or identify differently mm-hmm. or are gay or whatever. And I was taught that they're going to go to hell. I don't, there's no way. That doesn't make any sense that some of the most, the best, most loving people I've ever met yeah. are, are doomed to that right. ending. Mm-hmm. And so then I just started to read the Bible more and then research other religions and listen to podcasts, listen to YouTube, listen to anything I could, listen to, uh, who is it, Ken Ham or Kevin Ham, wherever that guy who started Noah's Ark. <laughs> down on the uh, south, yeah. like debate Christopher Hitchens. I've been listening hours upon hours of the wow. debates of these of, of, of philosophers and theologians and people like that and um, just really try to like grasp other viewpoints I'd never heard, other cultures again like I said, other religions and I was just like, there was, I came to the conclusion where I was just like, there's just there's so much that doesn't add up yeah. And and for me personally, everyone mm-hmm. can believe what they want to believe, but I just don't. I can't. I can't subscribe to this anymore because I ethically cannot align with the God of the Bible, mm-hmm. and I just don't. I don't believe in it, and yeah. and I and I realized that I really didn't believe anymore because I got to the point where I had to ask myself this really tough question, which was. Let's say I live in the reality where at the end of my life, I will go to the afterlife and I'll show up and it, there will be a heaven and a hell yeah. and there will be that uh, concept of religion right. and I get to meet God face to face and he's real, even though I don't think he is mm-hmm. in that, in that context, in that Christian yeah. sense and, um, and he'll be like, well, you were wrong. I do exist. And I would be like, I literally thought like, well, I still choose to not believe in you because I don't agree with you. And that's how I knew I was done. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's amazing. Holy shit. (laughs) 
So <laughs> sorry. No. It's a little heavy before French toast and a well, hash brown. <laughs> have a bite of French toast after that. Yeah. But I, you know, what I will say is that I mean I think that's incredible to sort of be able to see those things, be willing to extricate yourself from a, a world that is basically all you knew yes. up to that point. But the thing is, is like you've, you still maintain a spiritual side. Absolutely, yeah. Which a lot of times people will walk away and they'll, they'll just, it'll be like a hundred percent rejection of anything. Spiritual. It took me a while to get to that point. And I was very much atheist for uh-huh. a long time, I would say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, there's also things about that that just don't fully resonate with me. I don't know. I don't, listen, at the end of the day, what I believe is I don't know shit. And I believe that I, I don't believe anything. <laughs> Like, I just try to keep an open mind because at the end of the day, this could be our higher power, could be aliens, and this could be uh, a social experiment or, like, a simulation. Right. Or or there is some kind of <laughs> higher power. Or there's nothing, and this is just a big mistake. Like, I don't know. The possibilities are infinite, so who am I to be like, yep, I had the answer. That's... I thought I had it once. I didn't. How can I trust myself again to really know the full answer? I think that true enlightenment is getting to the point where you're like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, because... I spent so much time trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I also felt pressured to find an answer, because I remember I would have talks with people and and family members and stuff, and they'd be like, well, did you figure it out yet? Did you figure it out yet? And I'm like, I felt so pressured, like, I guess I could. And then I finally was like, yeah, I have figured it out. I don't fucking know. Yeah, that is a... Form of figuring it out. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. So here's the not knowing. Here's the not knowing. And being okay with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you. But you know that's it's that's scary. And a lot of people don't they need to know. There has to be a reason. There, and that's the thing. That's there why you turn to religion be. is because you want that yeah, reassurance. Yeah, exactly. And I did go, I went through a very, very dark period when I left the left, left my faith. I mean, I was involved with the worship band. I was involved with my church. I left, out of my own cho- cho- choosing, I lost my whole community, my friends. I, I moved away to Philly at that time and was traveling a lot and I was in my band and we were touring and stuff. Like, I, 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 I 180'd from like, you know, like homeschooled, middle of nowhere girl in her like church to like, <laughs> like rock and roll. Like, yeah, like where am I? Like it just mm-hmm. didn't. So I did, and I you know I lost lifelong friends, childhood friends and stuff, and or not maybe loss isn't the right word, but you know it. it, it you were less connected. It it will never be the same because a lot of those relationships were conditional on that we both had the same right beliefs mm-hmm. and. That sucks to be like, oh, wow, okay. That whole thing was just based on condition. If we're on the same team. Yeah, yeah. right. Hmm. So you were in Thrill Chaser. Mm-hmm. It was American Wolves first. Uh-huh. And then oh, right. Thrill Chaser. But it was basically the same um, nucleus of people who were in both But bands. that was a very interesting situation because you had never really played... Like electric guitar no. band. <laughs> no, that, that was my first time. So I was just like thrown into the about? fire. 
I played Ladybug Festival. Mm-hmm. Joe Del Tufo took a photo. Somehow the manager of American World saw that photo and was like, hey, we're auditioning That's female guitarists on the East Coast. And I was like, okay. And my parents drove me up, God bless their souls, <laughs> to Rhode Island, which is where they're based out of, because we wanted to make sure they weren't like, you know, creeps. Right. And, um, and I instantly connected with them, but I especially connected with um, Rod, who is the one, the producer who did my album. Mm-hmm. So seven years later, we're still making music together. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, and yeah, and then we just started a wild journey, which was like um, American Wolves was very. Uh, managerial based very industry based so okay, how do we get the right product for mm-hmm. you know how do we play the game how do we right. get where we want to get with within the industry to make this successful and right. um, uh, yeah I mean we went on tour and we showcased for labels that ended up falling through and um, I mean got to just have some really incredible opportunities where otherwise like it's just like I wouldn't have dreamt of mm-hmm. having those uh, you know how did you find the moments. touring life um exhausting I kinda, <laughs> I'm a homebody mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe maybe like I just feel like it's so grueling. I mean, it's just city after city. I mean, we, didn't, we weren't even out long. I don't know how people do it for like months and months at a time, like most of the year. I don't know how people do that. I went out for five days two weeks ago for the first time in a long time. And when I got back, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> how? Yeah. I couldn't do it now. It was more, not in that way. Like, it was more so. And I had this little epiphany, like, uh, on a day when um, I had already eaten the hotel breakfast, and then we leave the hotel, and everybody's like, well, we need we need Starbucks, I need coffee. So everybody's getting a coffee, and me and the guitar player see that there's a pizza shop next door. They're <laughs> like, oh, fuck coffee, I don't need that, but I'll get a piece of pizza. <laughs> and while we're, like, you know, very... Um, in some ways, sadly, eating yes. these pieces of pizza like over trash cans on the <laughs> sidewalk. He said something like, uh, man, I really wish you could stay on and do the rest of the tour dates because it was super fun. Right, right. And I was like, dude, if I eat like this for one more day, yep, I'm dying. just going to implode. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah, the food, that's tough too. Oh my God, you eat like shit when you're you on tour. eat now. horribly. Like, what are you going to do? When you're in Nebraska, like, where, what are you going to eat? <laughs> well, we, we were in Indiana and Wisconsin. Yeah. And when I tell you, I leaned into it. <laughs> when you go to Wisconsin, what cheese? are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> no, that sounds so like such a stereotype. These, Is it really just cheese? Well, I had these two friends who used to come see the Caulfields back in the day in mm-hmm. Wisconsin. And we've been friends for 25 years. That's but amazing. I haven't seen them in person in, like, two decades. Right. So they were like, well, you're too close to not have a visit while you're here. Right. So they drove an hour and met me in Wisconsin Dells. And they were like, well, where do you want to go eat? I'm like, well, I just want the full Wisconsin experience. And like right across the street was this place, and the name is eluding me, but they were like, oh, we'll go get you a Butter Burger. (laughs) 
And it's just, you know, it's not particularly complicated. It's just like hamburgers cooked on a grill in a puddle of butter with the buns placed in the same puddle and grilled to a crispy golden deliciousness. And then when you get there, you're like, all right, well, I'm here. I'll have the double. And I guess I'll upgrade from French fries to cheese curds. I don't normally eat that. And while I'm at it, oh, they have milkshakes. I'll take a vanilla malt. It's probably like a 4,000 calorie meal. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lunch. And I was like, oh my God. It's like, I was. God, but it sounds so I don't really good. drink, so that's my way of going on a yeah. bender. See, I don't really drink either. Like, I would much rather have like a, ba- a bar of chocolate than a drink. If I'm gonna do something with a lot of sugar, like it's gonna be chocolate. That's. <laughs> I'm pretty much on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so tour is just like grueling, and like, yeah, you eat shitty, you sleep shitty, and like speaking of sleep, like, we we full five of us. Good, Doing great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> She's like speaking oh, okay. of sleep. <laughs> Five of us were like crammed in a, what is it, like a 15 passenger van, whatever. Like we each had a bench. Mm-hmm. Like, Consider yourself so, lucky. Like, you know, it's like, well, I was sharing a bench with someone, but oh, yeah. But I yeah. shared but, <laughs> Well, it was pretty funny because um, first day of the tour, so I, I was out with Soraya, who are yeah, friends yeah. of mine, and they were opening for Joan Jett. It was amazing. It was very exciting. So, of course, regardless of what the circumstances are, you can't say right. no. Right. So, of course, I'm going to do it. So, what I didn't know until the day of is that these guys travel in two cars. So, the first 45 minutes of the whole trip, um, their tour manager, super nice guy, like drove from New Jersey to pick my ass up in Jenkintown, which was huge. So my, me and my stuff go in his car, and it's already kind of like, uh, are we going to be able to fit everything? Because we had to go pick up oh Travis, the bass player, yep. and his stuff in Maniunk. So we get to his house, and we start putting his stuff in the car. And by the time we do, like, the best pack we can do on the fly, there's a driver's seat that's open, a passenger seat that's open, and about this much room in the back seat for the smallest person, which would be me. So I spent like the first like 45, 50 minute drive, like if this is the car window, I'm like turned towards it with my knees to my chest. Oh my God, Like no. scrunched up like a marionette no. <laughs> for like 50 minutes. That's inhumane. Well, it was pretty funny though, because uh, we're driving on 76 and like every now and then somebody in a car, sometimes a truck would drive by and they'd look in the window and like. <laughs> yeah. So that, after that happened like three times, I was like, it'd be really funny if I put a piece of duct tape over my mouth. <laughs> Did you? I didn't have it. No, no. So like when we got to New Jersey, like uh, to pick everybody else up, you know, I just sort of like rolled out of the car. <laughs> God. It did buy me a shotgun for most of the tour, though. So, how long were you on that for? It was really only five days on the road, two shows. So, not grueling by right. most people's standards, but still, yeah. You know, probably between like four and six and a half hours driving every day on the road. Um, They're not normal days, and that's why it feels like five days feels like two weeks. Oh, yeah. 
Plus, you have like so much experience crammed into like That's a very saying. short amount like, of time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think my favorite part of the whole thing was being able to see, you know, someone who I consider an idol and a hero in a very human way. She turned 64 the first night we played with her. Oh my God, wow. So you're always wondering, like, She's gonna be able to pull it off, right? Like, and but they had just returned from one of the biggest stadium tours of the whole summer because they were out on the road with like Guns N' Roses and Poison or something wow. like that, and just a well-oiled machine. And but to see like, you know, because the dressing rooms, there's no separation in these venues. Right. I mean, they're like. They're nice places, but you know, it's like here's one dressing room, here's the uh, right across the hall. So you could see and hear everything they're doing in there. And uh, you know, she would be like yelling with one of her bandmates, who was this even older guy, Kenny Laguna, who's like pushing eighty because he was her, her producer like back in oh the day. Oh my god! He still tours with her. Oh my god! Plays keyboards. It's so funny because uh, I was talking to. Um, so Soraya's played with Joan Jett a few times, so they know everybody. Right. And uh, I was talking to Brianna Sig, the drummer, yeah. and uh, she was like, when you see Kenny Laguna, you know, it'll be like, hey, how's it going, Kenny? Still making a living off the three chords. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, he is a funny, oh funny man. Oh my God, that's, that's incredible. Wow. And the two of them just have this sweet relationship where they'll bicker like an old couple. Yeah. How could you not? It was after the first show. She stuck her head in, and he was already talking to the, the band. And I was like, you guys, you, you, you do okay? You know, you sell enough merch, whatever. And then, yeah, 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 it was great. And she, she's like, I, I got to go get out of this outfit. And he said something like, uh, you want me to help you with that thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's very humanizing, you know. It's right. it's really really sweet, and it just makes you remember these are all just people oh, yeah. who have lived exactly. charmed lives and had experiences, but it it can all be like come way back down to earth fast if you get the right vantage point for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. Yep, there's a saying that comes to mind that I'm not going to repeat while we eat, but yeah. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's the part of touring that I think I miss the most, is just like those interactions. and. Mm -hmm. um, but it's... It sounds like you had a lot of it this year. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I've had my fair share this year. I mean... Right Are you still up for some more? Yeah, I... I uh, I think I'm at the point where I'm just taking things as they come. Yeah. And if there's an opportunity for a cool experience, I think that's the most important priority I have is yeah. to have experiences and not really worry, you know, too much about the business side of it. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know? I mean, Good for you. well, I think it's healthy after a certain age in the music business to like take that attitude. Yeah. Because I think that I was. Not to say that I regret anything, but I think I was, you know, if you want to put quotes around it, in it to win it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Probably longer than was realistic. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, what would you say? When do you feel like that? When do you feel like you? Oh, I think like once, once I, once I, um, I think once John and Brittany ended, yeah. it was 20, 
14, I want to say. I immediately started working on a solo record where I played everything on it. And that was like my whole goal. It's like, I just want to like do an album where every sound is made by me. And that was the first time that I made a record where it didn't matter if this, you know, if the songs were like vastly different from each other. I just wanted to like do the songs that I wanted to do. Um, without, it's not like stuff I did before was like super contrived, like, oh, it must fit this format. Right, right, right. But it wasn't this just, really just, didn't care. It was care. just you. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. So I think after that point, my mentality, and it's not that I don't do my, um, you know, due diligence if I do put something out. It's not like I'm just like, I'm just going to throw it out there right. and not give a shit. Like, right. I do what any artist would do to create awareness for what they're doing. But it doesn't come with the same, well, if it doesn't get this, I'm going to feel like it's a failure. Not as ego-driven, perhaps? Oh, it's very (laughs) ego-driven. Is there a less of a feeling that you need to prove something? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, or or if I'm proving ego, something to anybody, so it's good. to me. That's the Exa- person that I'm exactly. concerned about proving yes. something to. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's a tough road to get there. <laughs> it takes a lot of ego death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of A lot of failure. trampling of the ego. I hate that word failure because it's such a good thing. Failure is such a good thing. <laughs> And I wish that it wasn't in it such a negative reframed. connotation. Yeah. Um, Not yeah. meeting expectations. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> a few steps back. <laughs> a few bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, that's that's the good shit. Well, one of your songs, I think, has something that sort of refers to that, right? Um, Maybe Seven Years. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the first, well, the second track. You know, There's the intro track. Wanting to like yourself one. again. And yeah, that's Seven Years. If you don't, you know get the likes or the yeah, views yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I wanted to like put that social media reference in there because I just feel like it's so uh, so much part of it, part of the noise. Like, mm-hmm. are we creating art to like create art or are we creating art for likes? Like, what is... Well, <laughs> I've got a few friends who I'm really on the verge. And, you know, I've also kind of come to a place in my life where, like, I don't give, I don't give an way, opinion yeah. unless it's asked for. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But if it was asked for, there's a couple people I'm friends with where I'd be like, what are you doing? Yep. You're spending so much time on this yeah. that your actual artistic output is... Yeah. Or, or maybe in people's minds, like, that's what becomes this. Right. You know, like, well, I'm being artistic in doing my, whatever, my TikToks and this and that. And I, I dove in. Like, I'm doing it now. Right. But it's not really with any expectation. It's just, like, I think it's kind of fun to do short form... Yep stuff and you know if there's a way to somehow reach somebody who wasn't previously familiar yep it may or may not be worth it in the end i don't know but like i don't feel like i'm sacrificing all my other creative time in order to do that exactly so that's and i have felt that way before and i feel like i have kind of 
done that, but that was also before the monster of TikTok and everything. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. I'm on TikTok and stuff, and I'll post here and there, but I can't get sucked into that. Like, there, I've just, I don't, I won't function. Like, I can't. I know it's just like, I oh, can't. you need to post two to three like, times a day. I'm like, no, I don't. No, no that's not gonna. I want to do it when I'm inspired to, and yeah. if not, then fuck off. Right. <laughs> Speaking of the radio Fucking show, <laughs> it is amazing how that show has continued to thrive. Well, it's thriving best more than it ever has yeah, with, now. With and Nikki, and, Nikki Rob and Rob oh my God. are incredible. And I was, you know, because when they first asked me to do the show, I was like, ah, I haven't been on that in like right? 10 years or something. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, even they after the whole thing, like they just even after the you did it, show. the guys from like Rivers Monroe were they did it before me. Oh, they did it. They okay. were like there was a there was a, a big long list of people who did it, but oh, yeah, and there was someone even bef after them before me. Wow. Yeah, there's been a lot, but I think it is I, truly. I think, I, a, uh, I think I did it for the longest, which was unfortunate because it definitely suffered because I was burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> so I should not have done it for that long. Longest does not mean best. So I was phoning it in by the end, but uh... <laughs> longest is no proof of anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's funny. You know, yeah, well, that's just a good career lesson in general. Like, just because you're doing it the longest does not mean you're doing it. it's the best. Not the thing. bestest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of one of the reasons, like why I like to keep the talking at the diner thing to one a month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it'd be it's too much. Really, it's too much. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. So should do one. I think that's what Alex and I, Alex, Sandra, March, and I, we did, mm -hmm. did like a podcast for like a year or so. And I think, I don't even remember, but I think we did one a month. And that was like so much more manageable where like the radio show was you were supposed to do every week. Yeah. That's a lot. I remember the, uh, the John Oates episode of your Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was podcast. crazy, yeah. That was incredible. That was an honor. I don't know why he came on the show. <laughs> I mean, nice let's be show. honest. I mean, uh, Oates is probably thrilled to be asked. Come on. No, he was such a sweetheart. No, I feel like we learned like, so much from he him. He seemed very cool and a good sense of humor and, you know, a lot of humility and... Um, what a guy, yeah. So what's the strategy with the, the record, like, once it's out? No, no strategy. Right. This is the first right time that I, I don't need to have a fucking strategy. No, um, no. There, I, I mean, I didn't like just make it for fuck's sake. But like, <laughs> but but I did. I did. Well, I made it to prove something to myself. Where I feel like everything before was not, not to prove things that other people. I don't think it was even maybe that deep. I don't think mm -hmm. it even went that deep. I think it was just to make very, to make. It very much has the feel <laughs> of a record that you, as the artist, needed to make. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> You can tell that from like the get-go. That's good. You know? Thank you. Yeah. Well, that, I'm glad. Um, I think both Which, Rod and I needed to make it. I mean, you know, like it's much as his as it is mine. I mean, they're mine songs, and mm -hmm. it's finally my like a, it's finally a soul a solo. It's my debut album. Yeah. I've been doing this. I'm 27, and it's, I'm finally putting out a debut album. Like it's just that took so fucking long. It's yeah. so why did it take so long? <laughs> but that's the whole point of the album. It's no, why you, it took so long. You examine this. I yes. do exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, John. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, like um, I think that we we both had a lot to prove to ourselves. And I, I mean I, I remember when I first 
kind of when I first started the journey of, of what we kind of started talking about in the beginning of this, which was when I first went on my journey of questioning my faith and moving to the city and joining a band and all these things. Like when I was in my, like when I was 20 years old, I, I told myself then, see how you're feeling in like around seven years like when you're 27 I don't know why but that was just the number I had in my head I don't know mm -hmm. what it is about that number <laughs> something about that number man something about it yep <laughs> um and and then reevaluate re what's going on then because mm -hmm. I didn't I I, I didn't want to like waste my life on <laughs> something that died a long time ago and I saw so many people in my life doing that with careers and things they believed in and I just mm -hmm. don't want to wake up one day and be like what the fuck did I just what did I do what, what did I do you know mm -hmm. I wasted a lot of time and I do f not that I feel like I wasted a lot of time I, I it was time spent learning you know I love how you put that. But, there's but, no, yeah, no, I don't, there's no waste. I don't believe in wasted time. It just took me if a while you to get believe in myself. Yeah. That's the problem. It took me way too long to believe in myself, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but, yeah, and so uh, I don't really remember what your question was because I just started rambling. But no, yeah. no. <laughs> what this is all about. Yeah, no, I know, I know. It's like a free... Stream of consciousness. It is, yeah. But, but, but that's what I was going to say. I, it was so because of that, it was like, okay, well, when you're 27, reevaluate. And then, like, when I was about to turn 27 last year, I was like, fuck, like, how did this happen already? It's, it's, your time has come. <laughs> it's judgment day. <laughs> let's look at all, let's look, let's go back and look at your life so far and see what you've done and you see know, if you still want to continue down this path, you know? And I didn't, it didn't, what I had been doing didn't align anymore with what I wanted to do. And I felt like I had put my solo music on the back burner for a really long time mm -hmm. because I was busy with the projects and the bands I was involved yeah. in. And also because, because I didn't, believe in myself and this is something I feel like so many artists struggle with and I don't know if you have but like procrastination and like the pattern you can get into of writing music but then never releasing it because mm -hmm. of the shame that's rooted in it of it's not going to be good enough or you know I like perfectionism gets to a point where it's just shame yeah Mm -hmm. And I was like, why, why am I doing this? I'm, I, like, I, there was full EPs I worked on, full, like many singles, many things I worked on that will never see the light of day because I just uh, I eventually just gave up and I was like, I, I, I can't do this. I'm not going to put this out in the world. Hmm. And it wasn't because it wasn't good enough. It was because it wasn't, I, it was rooted in shame and feeling yeah. like I wasn't good enough. Right. I think... The past couple of years have been a real eye-opener with that very topic for me because I was somewhat of a, of a machine <laughs> for yeah. years. From like 1999 to like 2014, I had at least one project a year like a record album or oh some God. other kind of if it wasn't a record it was like a live album or right. a dvd of something like there was always something wow. go 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 and then um i think all of that amongst other factors built up to 
um, a change of thinking that I had in 2017 where I was like, okay, I made, you know, my solo record I was talking about where I played everything. And now I'm at the point where, okay, I could go on making records like this where the stakes are not as high as they once were. Or I can just wholesale turn my life upside down and try to write a book. I like that option. Of course, that's what I did. <laughs> I like that. That's what so, did. you know, people still give me shit. Oh, I thought you were retired, you know, because <laughs> I said... Right. I said semi-retirement at the time. <laughs> right. People never read the fine print. Read the fine print. <laughs> yes. So, um, but being away from music, um, just in terms of like the way I was in the trenches of it, was a very, very different experience. And now, you know, maybe around like 2020 when the pandemic happened, I had all this opportunity to kind of like get back, well not even opportunity, like a requirement to get back into music to stay alive. (laughs) It did pull me back into just having, having, or having music be a big part of my everyday life. And I started writing songs again, but there's been this weird thing that I've been struggling with in terms of well, why am I not putting this out? It's done. Thank God for the Shug single because yeah. she's got her own schedule yeah. and agenda. And I'm right. like, I probably would have sat on that song for a yeah. year yeah. had she not been like, well, my birthday show's uh, November 16th, yep. so let's get our asses in gear and have a meeting and figure out what we're going to do for a cover. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for that because I think, you know, I put one song out last year and I've got songs and I've been recording them at home and doing, you know, I have like a little stockpile, but no real intent with it yet. But isn't that nice because there was always intent before? Right. Right. Yeah. And, And it is reinforcing the idea that I'm getting so much pleasure out of just creating the stuff. Does it really matter uh, how and when it comes out? There was a period where I felt like, all right, I gotta, you know, I got all these songs. What am I gonna do? I gotta. uh." Well, it'll come out when it's it's supposed to come out. It's kind of funny. I did. uh, Do you do like an email list blast every so often? I don't. I'm too lazy. Mm. I'm generally lazy about it. And I was like, oh shit. I need to send an email because I got a lot of stuff. Right. And when I reread the email, clearly a good problem to have, but I was like, there's so much shit in this. Nobody's even going to be able to focus on what this guy does. <laughs> right, right. But there's something about that that I personally, because I've come to those other conclusions about how I feel about brass rings and whatnot. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, it's, I've got this, 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 yeah. and I, oh, and I'm doing that. Oh, and don't forget this. And at the very bottom, it's like, book update. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, nobody's going to read all this. <laughs> there's a little bit of something for everybody. But there's still that piece of me that says, like, well, at least I sent it. At least it's out there yep. if people care to read an email that's going to take them 10 minutes to get <laughs> Are you really busy if you're not John Fay busy? <laughs> right. <laughs> See, I also feel like that's... Maybe this is the Scorpio thing. 
Uh, do you love that blanket statement just for mm. <laughs> blaming it on our zodiac sign? I feel like because of my ADHD, <laughs> I always like have my hand in a bunch of different like mm -hmm. things. Yeah. And that's why I have never been able to actually focus. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, focus, Nikki. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a kid again, you know? Yeah, yeah. And do one thing really well. Like, so I had to stop everything else in order to just focus on the album. Like, I, and that's mm -hmm. why I couldn't do it before when I was doing other bands and the other projects and like the radio right. show and the podcast and like jewelry. For, I did that for a while. Like, it just, I couldn't. Like, I needed to get rid of everything else and just focus on that. Like, I totally get it. Because I, I do, I had that tendency just like you to like, I, just there's so many things. And maybe one day I'll be able to get back to balancing that, but. <laughs> I couldn't for some reason with with this, you know? <laughs> well, I, well, I do think that if it's a project where you as the creative force behind it, real, you, you sense something about it where you're like, all right, this is going to take my full yeah. complement yeah. of <laughs> yeah. effort. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally respect that. I mean... And that was cutting what happened with you with your book, right? I think it took, the reason it took five years is that I could only really dedicate realistically maybe a third of the year to like really doing nothing but that. I was still teaching at the time. Yeah. Whenever I was teaching at Drexel, there was no room for anything else during those right. very intensive uh, terms because... If I'm not preparing to do the lecture, I'm grading 60 things, trying to keep up, trying to deal with people's bitching about their grades, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. And so it got to a point where I had to take, um, you know, like maybe like six weeks over the summer. And luckily, so my sister in Washington state has this lovely house on the Columbia River. Oh, my God. And she let me come stay there wow. and write for like three summers in a row. That's amazing. How did and I not know that? It's not something that I necessarily bring up okay. unless I'm okay. conversing about okay. it. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't remember seeing those pictures. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like there weren't a lot of pictures. You went into hide. You I, went into hideaway. Like, like, yeah, you were like, like yeah, I knew hiding. the river was there, and if I wanted to do this, it would be very beautiful. Right. But most right. of the time, it was like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, but wow. that's what I needed to do. Right. And I'm really grateful for that because I'd probably still be writing it today if it wasn't for those, like, chunks of time. So, bottom line, I definitely appreciate the idea of, like, having to, like, super... Zone in, zone zone in, in on yeah. one thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's the way to do it, if, if you can. Not a yeah. lot of people, I mean, I'm super lucky to have had the luxury of taking a month and right. doing nothing but writing, right. you know. But I've kind of, uh, I've learned to live my life a certain way where I can be extremely, uh, you know, sensible and frugal about things and, you know, I... Uh, if you don't accumulate a ton of stuff, yep. you can actually pull it off. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You know? Yep. So, 
that's my attitude is if I have money, I spend it on experiences and not things. Yeah, that's how I am so. And that's that's how I wanna just be. Yes. You know, I uh I purge like every three months and I like I'm still like, how do I have so many things? <laughs> <laughs> I've really gotten into minimalism yep. over the past couple of years. I mm-hmm. think that, um, I mean, if somebody comes to my house, there's like literally nothing there. Really, it's like um, my walls are blank. I have a couple of pictures of my family. Like I have like a little uh, little thing that has my vinyl records on it. And it's got it. a speaker here, a speaker here, and in between is where my pictures are. It's your little shrine. It's not a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you know, I don't have a lot of furniture. It's really like I like having a sparse living space because it makes my. I feel like it makes my brain. More uh, yeah, calm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I'm the um, same way. But yeah, it's just—it's a mindset thing, I guess. It is. Where, which I like. You know, I think it's given me personally like a lot more focus in my life yeah. over the course of the past couple of years. You know, I've trained myself to live a certain way. I've had opportunities in my life that have given me the ability to live that way because you can't just live that way from scratch, you know, so lots of fortunate things that I'm grateful for to allow that to happen, but maintaining it is still work. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. And so being kind of clear about uh, sort of a mission statement for how to live my life has been really helpful. Right. Because... It's like, well, I know for a fact that I'm not going to go out and, you know, the the only thing that I really need to, like, worry about, like, spending money on is, like, big ticket stuff, like a car, which I just bought that car last year. Nice. It's already got 18,000 miles on it in one year. (laughs) Ain't that how it goes? Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. I wasn't sure that at the age that I'm at that I would still be so excited about life, you know, like... I, for as much stuff as I've done and, and, you know, experienced, like, I really still think that there's so much good stuff ahead, Mm -hmm. which when you get to be an old man is not always the case. You're not not an old man, first off. (laughs) Oh, Oh, come on now. (laughs) That's, that's really inspiring though. Um, That's cool to hear. I feel like as long as you have the right mindset, life only gets better. And I, yeah, because also just like, I don't know, I can't wait to be 30. I just feel Mm -hmm. like the 20s are very tumultuous. (laughs) You still got a way to go. (laughs) Well, I I have two years. I have two years left. (laughs) That just blows my mind. I feel like I'm like 12 and 90 all at the same time. No, that is. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. when I when I catch myself like laughing at the shit I laugh at, I'm like, you're a fucking child. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but I, I think that is like, isn't that maybe like the secret of life? Of I keeping do. all of the I, ages alive. You, you know, have to keep the child uh, in in uh, in paganism. <laughs> it would be uh, made in the mother crone. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That those are the three cycles of life. Interesting. So, like, I think it is important to keep those three stages going at all times. I think we're hitting upon some uh, pretty substantial truth in that conversation. I want to thank 
my good friend Nicole Zell for taking time out of her busy schedule to uh, get together with me. And it was just a great conversation and a great time and uh, awesome to catch up with her. Don't forget, her new record, Asleep to My Own Magic, is dropping in November of 2022. Her first single, which is called Seven Years, drops on November 1st. And just so excited for her to share that record with the world. I got a little sneak peek, uh, and it was just fantastic. So you guys better check it out, or I'm coming to get you. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for listening. This podcast is very special to me. I'm really compiling a very cool amount of great conversations with amazing musicians and human beings, and it's just a great thrill to be able to uh, put these out into the world. And thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate you. Talking at the time.